Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Templey. sexual nature it should be for people that are 18 years or older heed my warning people i do not get the facts of these cases off the internet or from some television show the facts we're retelling you were presented to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims my description of the crime scenes are what i saw with my own two eyes if you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And today I'm going to be continuing the series Monsters with Monsters Part 7, the much anticipated episode, if you will. And I hope you all had a Merry Christmas and are having happy holidays. And if you get this after January or on January 1 or after of 2021, let's all hope this is a much better year than 2020 was to everybody. So stay tuned to the end of today's show for some announcements. And let's just roll with it. So when I left you last, we had... One suspect locked up for the first degree murder of a 82-year-old victim. And we had his stepdaughter was number one with a bullet on our radar, right? But we had to wait on DNA evidence. And remember, I told you DNA evidence takes forever, especially back then. It's a lot better now. A lot better now. They've hired more technicians and allocated more funding um, over the years. But back then, it just took a long time. And it was better in, in 2007 than it was in 2006. So anyway, May 2nd, 2007, I get to the office. And now I had my own office down a half a flight of stairs from in the Elwood Courthouse, Livingston Parish. I had my own private office down this back stairway, which used to be the entrance to the old jail. The regular detective's office was at the top of those stairs and to the left. So I go in my office, I'm chilling, and Calvin calls and says, hey, bro, Stan needs to see us. And I said, all right. So I go up, 
we go in his office and he said, come on, boys, sit down. And I sit down and he said, y'all ready for this? And I'm like, I had no idea, honestly, what it was about. I thought we had another you know, shit hot case or something or whatever. I mean, it's been, what, November, December, January, February, March, April. May. It's been six months that the DNA has been gone to the lab. He says, he threw a report on the desk. He says, DNA's in from the state police. He said, uh, your girl's blood is in the scene. I was like, yes, fucking right. And, and I looked at Calvin. We gave each other a, a fist bump. And he said, y'all go do what you do. And he said, I want a confession. I said, well, you don't want any worse than we do, and we're going to go get that juice. So Cal and I went and met up down in my office. We talked about it for a while. We went over everything again, all of the lies that she had told us, the whole nine yards. And I told her, I said, I'm going to be dick. I'm going to be dick number one. I said, you know, that's what she plays off of. And, you know, she likes you more than she likes me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I get that. And he said, I said, but we got to get the confession. I said, we're going to pull out all stops. All we need her to do is put herself inside the scene. We, we got the DNA. The DNA proves it beyond a shadow of a doubt, but I want it out of our own damn mouth. Okay, so we're going to pull out all the stops on this one. And we talked about it and went over everything, all the evidence, et cetera. So we roll out. Actually, I think we waited until the next morning. We we followed up. We read reports. We did things, et cetera. Must may have been May the 1st when, when we found out about the evidence. We waited until the next morning. We decided to wait until the next morning after her kids were gone. And her husband was gone to work to go get her at her house. So we didn't have any excuses. We didn't have any other people to deal with, et cetera. So on May the 2nd, we set up outside her house and waited. And they, the kids got off to school. The husband got off to work. And about five minutes later, Calvin and I roll up to the door, knock on the door, and she opens it. Her eyes get big. And she said, what do you want? I said, you're under arrest for the murder of your grandmother. And we grabbed both, grabbed a hold over Calvin, grabbed one arm, I grabbed the other. And I spun her around and I cuffed her up and she starts screaming, oh God, Jesus, oh God, Jesus, oh God, Jesus. I said, hey, bitch, you better call on somebody who knows you. If you're going to call on somebody, call on somebody who knows you like the devil. I said, because you're a monster. You murdered your grandmother. So I'm starting out on her heart, right? And she's like, oh no, oh no. I don't know why you're doing this to me. I don't know why you're doing this to me. I said, I'm not doing anything to you, but you have the right to remain silent. And I've read her rights. And I said, you are under arrest because you are murdering, monstering bitch. And you killed your grandmother. And, oh, God, no, uh-uh. No, you, no way. I said, yeah, yeah, way. And, and she was in like a, a house robe and some, and some PJs. And she was like, let me get dressed. I said, shit, you didn't let your grandmother get dressed for you. Beat her to death and shot her in the back of the head. Oh, no, no, no. And then, oh, God, I got to need some clothes. I said, again, you didn't let your grandmother get dressed before you beat her to death and shot her in the back of the head. I said, fuck you and your clothes. And Cal was like, no, no, man, let's at least let her get some some shoes on. And I said, well, and I had her from behind the back, y'all, and I was holding the cuffs in the middle of the hands where they go in the back so I could steer her anywhere I want to. I said, where's your shoes at? And she said, oh, and Cal said, listen, 
you need to calm down. Tell me where your shoes are. She said, I'm going to jail. I said, no, bitch, you're going to prison and possibly going to be executed. And she was like, oh. And Calvin said, tell me where your shoes are at or you're going barefoot. And so she, she pointed over by the kitchen table. And I brought her over there and I let her put her feet in her shoes. I didn't let her tie them or anything like that. We took her out, put her in the car. They did the old classic, you know, watch your head when you're putting them in type thing. Actually, we had a blue and white with a shawl, a, a uniformed deputy that was there also. And so we used their car and cuffed her and stuffed her, put her in, put her in the car. And she is carrying on like you wouldn't believe. And I told the deputy, I said, bring her to my office. And he said, yes, sir. And so whenever you transport a female, you always call it in. First of all, we called it in. I said, 201-259-1015, one white female. And they call back and they give you the time. Well, that's so you can put it in your report. Oh, I, I said, 10-15, one white female uh, rights advised. And they call back with the time and the file number. And that's so you can pull it later on and it'll be in your report. So we got her cuffed and stuff and uh, went up to the office. And, and Calvin was like, oh, it's on, it's on. And, yeah, we're pretty pumped up, right? And so we get to my office and they bring her in. The, the uniform guy brings her in. And I said, go ahead and, and take the cuffs off of her and give me my cuffs back. And so he did, and she's carrying on. Oh, I said, listen, if you're going to carry on and act a fucking fool, I said, I'll, I'll not only handcuff you, I'll shackle you. I said, I'm going to take these cuffs off of you, and you can sit the fuck down. I'm going to do my paperwork, and your ass is going to line. And she looked at me, and I said, yeah, line. And she's like, what the hell is that? I said, line, L-O-N-D. I said, you know what that is? She said, no. I said, the land of no dick. That's where you're going because it, it, the only dick you're going to see for the rest of your entire life is going to be a, a correctional officer. And you'll see him from a distance in a gun tower. So, and she's like, oh, Lord, Jesus, oh, Lord. <laughs> so we had him take the cuffs off and, and sat her down. And, and, and they, we had the standard, Miranda, even though I had already Mirandized her, we had the standard Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office Miranda rights and consent to question form. So Calvin said, listen. I'm going to read you your rights. You just calm down, and we'll give you a chance to talk. I, mean, I don't think you're a monster. I said, I think you're a fucking monster. I said, you lied to us all this fucking time, and now we got your ass. I said, it took six months, but we got your ass. And Cal was like, look, just let me advise you your rights. And so he read the rights, and as you read them on the form, you have the right to remain silent. He checks the line, right? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Each line, he checks it in he said, do you understand your rights? And she said, yeah, I understand my rights. And he said that I want you to initial on each one of these check marks that I made that I read it to you. And I want you to sign on the bottom that you understand your rights. And she did it. She was like, I don't know. She's fucking carrying on that, y'all. I mean, she was like, I don't know. I said, listen, I'm not listening to all this fucking bullshit. I said, you shut the fuck up. We'll give you a chance to talk. Now, Calvin wants to give you a chance to talk. As far as I'm concerned, don't need you. You go on the line, and you're done. The evidence doesn't lie. And she's oh, anyway, she initially sworn and signed it, and she was just red, red, red in the face. And I look on the side of her head, and she has this vein poking out. 
and the fucker was jumping. It looked, I'll never forget it. It looked like the movie The Alien or something where the alien is underneath the skin and it's like about to pop out and eat somebody. I mean, I never, and I've interviewed probably hundreds of thousands of people or at least tens of thousands of people and I've never seen one like this. And this dude was wiggling. The vein in her head was wiggling and jumping. I was like, holy shit, this motherfucker's going to have a heart attack. But so <laughs> then he gets to the consent to question part. You know, I can and he reads and he checks each line. I consent to answer questions now. I don't need an attorney, blah, 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 whatever. No promises or threats have been made to me, but I can, you know, I can stop at any time, et cetera. So he gets that and, and she's just like, oh, I said, don't start up with all that bullshit. If you want to answer some questions or you want to tell us your side of what happened, then sign the shit. So she initially sworn and she signed it. Boom, bitches, we're golden. It's on now. Showtime. And, and we get done with that. And so I kick back and I'm looking at her and Calvin's looking at her and she's just got that monster in her, in her head and it's about to pop out. And Calvin said, do you need some water or something? And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, hold on a minute. And I called upstairs and I said, hey, send the detective down here real quick. And they did. And I said, hey, I forget who it was. I think it was Kim McMorris. I said, hey, can you stand in here for a minute? Cal and I are going to go get her some water. I'm going to go get me a cup of coffee. And they said, yeah, sure, sure. Well, this that's called putting them on ice, y'all. And, and she's in there, oh, doing all that shit. So we got in the hallway. We can get her a cup of water. But I didn't need any coffee. Cal was like, bro, did you see her head? I mean, he said, I think her brain's going to explode. I said, this shit looks like an alien popping in her in her forehead. He said, oh, yeah, this bitch is going to give it up. I said, she's going to give it up one way or another. If she, if she doesn't give it up, we don't need her because we have the DNA now. So go back in, settle down. And she settled down a little bit, but she still got the monster going on, the vein uh, wiggling, if you will. And so I told her, I said, listen, you're under arrest for the murder of your grandmother. Oh, I said, don't start that bullshit. I said, you just cut that fucking shit out. I said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to give you one chance to tell us the truth. I said, if you feel like you have to lie, you're going to go in self-preservation. And I explained that, y'all, about the cookie jar again, right? I said, if you're going to go in self-preservation, I said, then just don't fucking say anything at all, because if you lie then you're going to insult my intelligence and I'm not going to be responsible for for my actions that I do up in this bitch. And Cal's like, oh, all right, what do you, hold on, hold on, just let's give her a chance. I said, I'm just telling the bitch don't fucking lie. I said, we got your ass. She said, well, what do you have? I said, motherfucker, I'm not fixing to tell you anything. I said, I don't have to tell you shit. I said, yeah, I'm, we're going to give you a chance to, to tell us what happened. And Cal said, Sweetie, you gotta tell us. You gotta tell us what happened. He said, "I don't believe you're a monster." Woody thinks you're a monster, and and I said, "You fucking right, I do." I mean, y'all y'all beat her to death, you know, and and then shot her in the back of the head, and she's like, "Oh," I said, "Don't start that bullshit again with me." 
that said, you are a fucking monster unless you can explain otherwise. I said, the one fucking thing you can't do is say you weren't there, bitch. I said, because you were there. I said, we got your fucking ass. And I said, I'm not fixing to tell you how either. I said, you're going to tell us, and you're going to tell us in your own words. I'm not putting any words in your mouth. You're going to fucking tell us, or your ass is going to line, and that's it. I will see you at fucking trial. And, and if you don't explain why you were there when your grandmother was murdered, and then you lied about it this whole time, et cetera, then... I want to take that shit to a jury because your fucking goose is cooked. And she was like, she just hung her head and that veins popping. I said, so what? I'm going to shut the fuck up and your turn to talk. But choose your words carefully because this is the most important thing you're ever going to say in your entire life. And she just hung her head. She got real quiet. And this is when we're waiting, right? It's like a, it was like, a Mexican standoff, if you will, now. Who, who's going to draw first, right? And, and she stopped, and she looked up, and she's got, you know, some tears in her eyes, and she's, <gasps> she's all distraught. And Calvin's like, you know, he closed the distance a little bit, but pillar, he put his hand on her leg. He said, it's okay. It's okay. You just, you got to tell us what happened. This is your one shot, your one chance to explain that you're not a monster. And shit, she... She stops and, and and looks at us and she says, "Whoa, I've been lying to y'all." And uh, I said, "Yeah, well, that's fucking obvious, you know." And and she said, "Well, uh, I have." But she said, "But I didn't kill her. I didn't kill her." I said, "Okay, tell me what you did do. Tell me from the beginning everything that happened that day." Now I'm bringing it down a little bit, y'all. Getting a little bit softer with her, right? And she said, oh, my God, I just can't believe, I can't believe. I said, well, you need to make us believe what you're saying is the truth. And I said, listen to me. We have a ton of evidence. We don't need your confession, but we'd be stupid to try not to give you a chance to further bolster our case. I said, we've got it. We've got both of you there in the scene, DNA evidence. You've been lying. You've lied to us about numerous things. We've disproved all those lies. I said, look, we could have got your ass six months ago, and but we were waiting on the, this day, and this day has come, and that is the DNA has finally come back from the state police crime lab. There is no doubt on the face of this earth that you were not only there that you participated to some degree because your blood is in the crime scene and she just she just shook her head i said now again start from the beginning of that day from the time your husband and kids left from work and tell us what happened and i said don't leave shit out don't sugarcoat it because i'm not going to play with you just tell us what happened she hung her head and she said well, he, he called me that day and said he had some dope. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm thinking in my head, right? Here we go, motherfucker. And so she's already disproved her one lie about how long it's been since she's seen him and about them talking on the phone. And, you know, the, it's just the opening of the Pandora's box as far as I'm concerned.
And when I say that, she says, so she, he knew I liked to do, uh, snort cocaine. He said he had a bunch of cocaine and he was going to come pick me up and take me to mama's house. I said, all right. And so she said he picked me up and we went over there and we went in the living room and we were doing coke. And she said, he shoots it. She said, I don't shoot it up. I don't shoot it up. But I, I do snort it. And, and I said, okay, keep going. And she said, well, we were in there and we were getting high. And she said, I don't know how we didn't hear it. But at some point, grandmother came down and they didn't call him grandmother. She had a nickname for her. Grandmother came down the hallway and we didn't hear her. And she came in and she saw us using dope. And she freaked out and she started screaming and hollering how she was going to call my mama. And she turned around to go back towards to her room, to the phone. And I was begging her. So I went down the hall with, with her and I was begging her, please don't call her. Please don't tell. Please don't tell. And she kept saying, I'm calling. I'm calling. I can't believe y'all are doing this in, in my house. And I'm calling her. I'm calling your mom and your wife. And I'm calling her. And she said she got in the room and she uh, was getting to the phone and I was just begging her and begging her and begging her not to do it. And she said, and and then he pushed past me and he, he grabbed a, a vase and he started beating her with it. And and she said, and, and, and I left. And now... This is the first confirmed lie I know, right? So, but I didn't say anything. You let them talk. She said, I left and I went in the living room and back in the living room. And then uh, he came out and then he heard a noise uh, and he, he went back down the hallway and he came back and he went to the gun cabinet. And then he went back down the hallway and I heard a couple of noises, but no gunshots. And he came back down to the gun cabinet and he went back down the hallway and I heard him shoot her in the head. I said, I said, you heard him shoot her in the head. She said, yeah, I'm like a genius motherfucker. And she said, then he came out and we, and we got dressed and we left. And she said, that's it. That's it. And I, I let it be quiet for a moment. And I'm looking at her, and she's looking at me. Her little vein is just about to go ape shit and crawl out of her skin. The one on her head I was telling you about. And I said, look, I said, I'm going to explain self-preservation to you again. So when you're a kid, and you ask your mom, can you have a cookie before dinner? And she says, no. And you sneak in to get the cookie. And you're taking the cookie out of the cookie jar, and the cookie jar falls at your feet, and it breaks, and you're standing in glass and, and cookies, and you got a cookie in your hand. Your mom comes in and says, was that you? And you say, uh-uh, it wasn't me. I said, that is self-preservation. We all have it. I said, certainly, you've got it in this case about your grandmother. Now, y'all, I'm not being as hard on her, right? I'm just talking to her. I'm maintaining eye contact interface talking to her I said listen you got it on this so I'm going to cut you a little bit of slack because I believe you want to tell the truth now but you're fucking lying and, and she's like I said no don't pull back 
Don't be defensive. I said, you already fucking know that you're lying. I said, when I tell you that you're lying, it's not a surprise to you. You already fucking know that you're lying. I said, but it's okay. We can work. I can work with this much. I said, but we're going to go back through it, and you're going to tell me the truth. And she said, what do you want to know? I already told you everything I know. I said, no, you didn't tell me everything. I said, but we're going to ask you some questions. I said, all right. So he picks you up that morning. He's got dope. And she said, yeah. I said, a lot of dope. She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, it was it was a lot. She said, way more than eight ball. And I said, so y'all come into the living room, and you start doing dope. And she said, she said yeah, 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 yeah. I said, and how long have y'all been doing dope together? She said, I don't know, a month or two or something. I don't, I don't know. I said, how long have y'all been having sex? And one of her head jumped up and she looked at me. I said, yeah, don't even try to fucking lie about it. I said, you could be snorting all the cocaine in the world and he can be pushing all the dope you want to, but there is no way you're going to tell me that you didn't hear your grandmother coming down the hallway on a fucking walker just because y'all were pushing dope and, and snorting coke and she hung her head. I said, I'm not sitting in judgment on you. I don't care if you're fucking him. It's not not my gig, right? I said, but you damn well better believe he's looking at the death penalty and he's going to tell all. I said, so you need to get out in front of the horse and tell the whole fucking truth. I said, this is going to be what saves your ass. And she was like, well, I, I, I'm going to need to talk to my husband. I'm going to need to talk to my husband. I said, you talk to your husband. That's absolutely not a problem. I said, you keep cooperating with us. I'll let you talk to whoever you want to. I said, matter of fact, I think your husband should hear it from you before he hears it from us. I said, well, give you that much respect. I said, but you're going to tell us the full story. And she said, she hung her head. She got a little quiet. And she said, you're right. We were having some sex. We were fooling around. We were doing the dope. And that's when she came in and called us. I said, so she caught y'all in, in the act. She said, yes, she called us fooling around doing sexual stuff. I said, okay. And she goes down the hallway. I believe you when you say you went down the hallway and you're begging her not to call. I, I would have done the same thing, right? I said, you know, totally understandable. I said, but when you enter the room and she goes for the phone and at some point he grabs, you said a vase. She said, yeah, a vase. And I said, you, you conveniently take yourself out of the room at that point. I said, well, guess what the problem is, sweetheart? Your blood is inside that crime scene. Your DNA, fresh blood. It's not like you at your mama's house days before or the day before or weeks before and you cut yourself and your shit just magically ended up in the crime scene. I said, your blood is there. I said, so either you helped him beat her in the head and the 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 glass broke and and you left the room or and then he grabbed the coke bottle or whatever i said i'm not gonna put fucking words in your mouth i've said but i'm not gonna sit here and make it like pulling teeth either i, I understand self-preservation you're already on my good side because you now have told me the truth which is you went over there to fuck and do dope and she caught y'all because you were fucking and doing dope and you didn't hear her. 
I said, now you're down the hallway. And what happened? She said, he started to beat her. He started to beat her. And I tried to stop him. And, and that's how I got my hand cut. I tried to stop him. And she said, but I couldn't stop him. And, and he was beating her in the head. And he was just beating her and beating her. I said, okay. And and she said, and and really, I I, I did I, I did leave the room. I said, okay. And and what did you do? She said, I went back to the living room. And he came down the hall, and um, he said she's dead. And but then we heard a noise, and he went back down the hall, and he came back down and said that bitch is still alive. And he went and got the the rifle, and he went back down the hall. And he had the wrong bullets or something for it. The gun wouldn't fire. And he came back and he got the right bullets. And he went back and he shot her in the head. Bingo. Again, y'all, in my mind's eye, how do you know he shot her in the head? Unless she still distanced herself. But take that shit to trial, okay? She's now explained why her blood is in the crime scene. Because she's saying... She tried to stop him and cut her hand, you know, during that altercation when her grandmother was being beaten. Well, you know what? Only three people know, and one of them was dead, okay? And the, we certainly can't get it from the victim. So she she had almost six months to come up with her story, praying that she would never see us show up on her doorstep again. But the totality of the circumstances She's just as guilty as he is. Whether she did the beating or didn't do the beating, she was there. She didn't stop it. She didn't call 911. Hell, she might have been the shooter as far as we know, other than he confessed to it, right? So you don't have to get everything exactly correct, but we're getting enough to put her there when her grandmother was murdered. And then, like I said, take that shit to trial, bitch, because... We'll let a jury decide your level of guilt. So she said that he shot her in the head. And I said, how do you know he shot her in the head if you were in the living room? And she said, oh, I just assumed he shot her in the head. I said, okay, fuck it, I'm leaving, I'm leaving it down. I'm not, I'm not going to press her on it anymore, right? And I said, well, if you're down there and the beating's going on and there's certainly going to be a lot of blood and you're trying to stop him, you cut yourself... And I said, well, what'd you do? I said, obviously, you're going to have blood on you. And uh, he's going to have blood on him. And when, I said, what happened? She said, well, he came back out and he started loading up the guns in the car, in the truck, and, and cleaning stuff up. I said, okay. I said, what about the fireplace? She said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he burned the condom. Uh, in the fireplace, he said he was going to make it look like a rape so y'all wouldn't figure it out. I said, all right. I said, where did you go to clean up? She said, what do you mean? I said, where'd you go to clean up? She said, oh, I, I don't know. Um, I don't remember. I said, okay, fuck it. I'm leaving it that. I'm not going to keep pressing on it. I said, but do you clean up there? And she said, yeah, I think so. I don't remember. Well, guess what? She's not telling me everything. In my mind's eye, she took part of the beating until the vase broke and then she cuts her hand and she runs to the master bathroom, cleans herself up, bandages or whatever, and then tries to clean that area up, right? Can't prove it. It's just what I'm thinking. But back to it, 
she said he loads up and he gets dressed and they leave and he brings her home. And I said, okay, why did you lie? I said, why didn't you stop it? And she said, I don't know. I freaked out. I freaked out. I said, all right. You freaked out. I said, what happened between the time you got home and the time you got the call that something happened to your grandmother? She said, nothing happened. I I just sat at home. I was by myself until my kids got home. I said, all right. I said, all this time, I said, you said you didn't see him shoot her in the back of the head. You're assuming that. She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, but she might have been alive. He said, no. She said, ain't ain't no way she was alive. Again, y'all, she knows that. I believe she knows that because she saw the mess, right? And remember, she told her brother they beat her in the head, right? And and, I'm trying to remember. She... I, what I was doing was locking her in. She, why in the fuck didn't you ever call 911? Why in the fuck didn't you ever have remorse to later on after your adrenaline's calmed down? I didn't ask her directly, but this is what, what I'm getting at, building it for the jury. After your adrenaline's calmed down, you're safe inside your own house. This asshole is gone. You could lock the door. You could call 911 and say, you know what? I was in the wrong place at the wrong time but it's my grandmother. Please send somebody to check on her. She didn't do it. She didn't do any of it, right? And so she said, yeah, yeah, I got the call, and I went back over there the night. I said, and that's when you were saying, she called them the N-word, drug dealers, over and over and over again. I said, why didn't you just come out then? I said, we had you in my truck. We interviewed you. You could have just said, hey, Woody, you know what? Fuck it, I was here. And he's the one that did it. And I was scared at the time. And, you know, she said, oh, well, I don't know. I, but, I, you know, I don't know. And I was scared. And, and I didn't want my mama to find out I was over here. And we were fooling around. Okay, whatever. To me, y'all, monster. And all this time goes by. She never, I mean, she lied, you know, and I said, and then you lied to us every time we talked to you, you lied to us over and over again. I said, you think we're some fucking dumb hick detectives that we weren't going to do our job and to find it out? She said, no, no, I don't think that. She said, I just was hoping it would go away. I said, yeah, I bet you were, you know, and then I said, well, listen, give me a minute and I'm going to get you some more water. I said, I'm not going to call somebody to come sit with you. I said, we got cameras on you, which we didn't. We didn't have any, we didn't have shit to record with back then. I said, you just sit there. We went right outside my door in the hallway, uh, the stairway. And Calvin and I were like, yes, you know. And I said, listen, we got to get her husband up here. It's one thing she confesses to us. You know, she's going to try to recant on it later. We get her husband up here. I said, what about getting her family up here? Her, her mom and them, let him tell me. He said, hell yeah, hell yeah. He said, I'll go get the information. We'll get somebody to go by and pick her husband up from work. I said, and get the family started. And he said, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, get them up here. We'll let the husband go first. And then we'll see if she, if she tells her mom and him anything. So we sent, I don't remember who went, y'all, and and to the guy's work, her husband's work, and brought him back up there. We let her, you know, gave her some water or whatever and went back in. And and 
uh, just talked to her a little bit more. I said, you know, the week he was on the run, did you contact him? She said, no. I called a couple times and, and left, you know, ugly voicemails or where you at voicemails and stuff like that. She said, but I didn't, you know, I knew he wasn't going to answer the phone. I'm getting more shit on him. I said, what, what was his demeanor like afterwards? And she said, cold. She said he wasn't worried about it. And I did ask her. I asked her about the ice bag. And she said, yeah, he he would do that every time he would get high. In case he overdosed, he would use the ice to bring him back down. Boom. Backs it up, right? Also puts her in the crime scene. And, and I said, so where, where was that ice bag? She said it was in the hallway bathroom. Uh, what else? I said, I asked her about the, the mudroom. She said, yeah, he broke the light. Um, loading guns in the truck, boom, puts her, you know, puts her there. I mean, the the, the condom puts her there. All that shit puts her there, right? I'm thinking about what she's going to do in, in it when she goes to line, right? And she's going to have all this time for appeals, whether she gets the death penalty or she gets life in prison. She's going to have all these times to come up with these appeals. So I'm trying to get her to talk about everything that later on she's going to come back and want to recant. And I asked about the sexual relationship. Calvin was with me. I asked about the sexual relationship, and she said, yeah, I mean, it's strictly, that's basically what it was. He gave her dope, she gave him sex. And I asked her, I said, look, when he was on the run, he went to Walmart, and he bought women's panties. And before I could even finish, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she said, he's cross-dresser. She said, every time we were together, he had on women's underwear. I said, so that day? She said, absolutely. That was his thing. He wouldn't even begin to have sex unless he had on panties and a bra. And I'm thinking, holy shit, in my mind's eye, right? I'm thinking, holy shit, this, I mean, he, I believe that he did pull the trigger and that he executed her, but fuck me, he did it in women's underwear. And, and so anyway, that's when I asked her about him cleaning up, she said he had a change of clothes because he had, he had the women's underwear and it, he cleaned up and, and put the shit in the truck that goes back and fits with what his confession was. So time goes by, we're picking her brain on the little things. And you know what she never asked? She never asked where her blood was in the crime scene. Not one time. And she just assumed it was in the hallway with everything, all the rest of the blood, which I'm sure it was. But the husband shows up and they call me and, and they say, hey, her husband's here. So Calvin, I go up to him and, and leave her in the room. And I said, listen, your wife is under arrest for the murder of her grandmother, and she wants to talk to you. And he was like, what? And I said, yeah, she wants to talk to you. I said, this is not normally something that we do, but we're going to let you talk to her. And I said, but I'm going to be in the room, or we're going to be in the room with you. Just ignore us. I said, we're going to be in the room actually for your safety and her safety. And I don't want you killing her or vice versa. He said, no, man, no, no, no. I mean, the guy was just white in the face. He was totally in shock. Good guy, hardworking guy, great dad. And uh, I would find out all this later on. Great father to his kids. And I felt sorry for this guy, right? And so we let him in. And I told him, and, you know, I'm standing, and my office was small, but the, the four of us were in there, and I said, listen, she has something she wants to say to you. And I said, I told her, I said, just go ahead and tell him and tell him the truth. And I said, it's not going to, there's no way to sugarcoat it, just tell him the truth. And she, she 
she tried to reach out for his hand and she said, baby, baby. And she said, you know, I love you so much. She started crying shit again. You know, I love you so much. I love you more than anything in the world. And I love our family and da 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 And he said, tell me why I'm here. And, and she said, well, she said, well, I, I, I was there when grandmother got killed. He said, what do you mean you were there? She said, I was there with him. Talking about her stepdad. And he said, what were you doing with him in that house? And she said, she hung her head and she said, I was, I was doing dope. He said, and she said, we've been fooling around. And he just, he just shook his head. And she said, but he, he killed her. I didn't kill her. He killed her. And then she, she said, but I was there. I was there. And he's just shaking his head. And I thought the guy was going to throw up. And, and I felt so bad for him. And he was like, you were there having sex with him and doing drugs when he killed your grandmother. She said, but I, I didn't kill her. I didn't kill her. And she said, and, and, and she said, yes. And he, and he was like, I, I don't know what to say. And, and he said, I just don't know what to say. She said, promise me you'll take care of our babies. Just promise me you'll take care of our babies. And at this point, I almost felt human for her. And she's pleading with him. And he said, I'm not ever not going to be a father to her children, no matter what you've done. He said, I'm going to take care of the babies. You don't have to worry about that. And she was like, but I love you. I love you. I love you. And he said, I got to go. And he left and walked him out. Boom. That's, you know, another witness for trial. She told him she was there, even though she's taking the self-defense or not self-defense. She was there, but she's saying she wasn't an active participant. So by this time, the family's there. We kept them separate, and I go up and I talk to the mom and the other daughter. And I said, listen, I said, this is absolutely going to rock your world. I said, but she's under arrest. She has some things she wants to tell you. And they were like, the mom, y'all, again, this is one of the strongest ladies. Just think about this. This lady lost everything in the blink of an eye. She lost her mother. She lost her husband. And now she's losing a daughter. Okay? And she's already been through so much. And it's almost six months later. And now she finds out her daughter was involved on top of her husband. So, you know, I just told her, I said that I'm not, not going to tell you anything. I'm going to let you go down there and let her tell you. I said, but it's bad. I said, you know, we're just going to let you talk to her. But I I took the daughter to the side, the one that was married to the Baton Rouge City Detective, and I said, listen, she's already confessed to being there, et cetera. I said, I need you, if you ask her about anything, ask her about the gunshots and ask her about women's underwear. She looked at me and said, he, him wearing women's, un, women's underwear. And she said, okay, okay. And she was really tough. Now, her being a paramedic and all that stuff, she's seen a lot and being married to a detective, she knows, you know, I don't know, I won't call it the game, but she knows what the deal is. So we bring them down there, same thing, leave the door open, let them go in and I see it again immediately when the sister goes in and I'm standing in the hallway on this one. And, and again, I told him no touching and, and all that. I don't, you know, don't kill her. Don't beat on her or anything. 
And when the sister walked in, her eyes got big as saucers. And then she just threw this hate face on, like, what the fuck are you doing here? She didn't say it out loud, but, I mean, it was just written all over her face. And then her mom walked in, she turned her mom, and she turned that puppy dog face on, Mama, Mama, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And and she said, the mom said, said, what, baby, what happened? Tell me what happened. She's like, I'm just so sorry, I'm just so sorry. And and the mom said, you've got to tell me what happened. And she told her, she said, I was there. And she said the nickname, but we, we'll call her grandmother. When grandmother, when, when he murdered grandmother. And she said, what do you mean you were there? And she said, I was there with him. And the sister said, what were you doing there with him? She said, I was doing drugs with him. And she said, but he was shooting up. I don't shoot up. I, I was I was snorting cocaine, and I was there with him to do drugs. And the mom said, tell me what happened. And she said, well, grandmother came in and saw us doing the drugs and said she was going to call you. And then he started beating on her and she said and and I freaked out and I and I ran and I ran outside in the backyard by the pool and I heard a gunshot. Now she's deviating from her story, right? From what what she told us and told the husband, et cetera. She said I heard a gunshot and the sister said, Well what did it sound like? And and she said, and I'll never forget this, she said it sounded like a balloon popping. Now, there's no fucking way she heard that from outside the backyard from where it was. And, it, and it, but we knew she was lying, but regardless, she puts herself there. But now she's back in self-preservation. Her mama's there. The sister that she hates is there or is jealous of is there. And the and the, they asked her just a couple more questions. Mom was like, well, I, I don't understand. The mom's, you know, destroyed again. I don't understand. She said, Mama, I, I didn't do it. I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't have anything to do with it. And the sister said, you didn't tell us. You lied about it all this time. She said, I know, but I, I was scared, and I was scared of him. And now she's trying to play the victim and shit. And this went on for like, you know, a couple of minutes. And we just interrupted and said, look, y'all, well, that's that's enough. We got we got to go, you know. Um, it, it really actually started getting pretty heated in so we separated and we took him out. Oh, the sister asked her um, before she left, she said, tell me about the women's underwear. And she, she said, oh, I, I've seen him in, in uh, bra and panties before, and that was kind of his thing. She said, that didn't bother me. That didn't bother me. She wasn't putting herself in the room. Say she wasn't telling her mom, I was banging your husband uh, or I was banging his stepdad, and he wears women's underwear. But she... Admit it. That's one of those things she didn't think through. She, she, I mean, she's playing us on the running out of the house and all that bullshit. Why didn't you tell us that? She couldn't tell us that because she just made it up. She's making it up for her mama's benefit, but she fucked up when she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen him in women's underwear before, and I knew that's his thing, you know, but that never bothered me. Well, bitch, how do you know your stepdad likes to cross-dress in women's underwear and have sex and do coke. Again, another piece for the jury. Okay? So 
get the family out of there. We come back in. I don't, you know, again, y'all, uh, all this questioning and everything I'm telling you, Cal and I were 1,000% team playing off each other. And just went back in and Nick picked on the little things. And then I thought about it. I said, you know what? Fuck, we need to take the big shot. And in got Cal back at home. I said, listen, you know, would be so sweet as if we can get her to sit with him and get him pissed off now that he knows she's under arrest where he starts screaming that she did it. And he was like, yes. So I called the sheriff and, and I said, hey, boss, and, and uh, it was Willie Grace. I said, this is the deal. And this is the plan. He's like, hmm. He said, that might work. He said, I, I'm going to call the jail. I'm going to tell them to get him out, put him in the, it really wasn't an interview room, y'all, at the time. It was the old jail. It was more like a um, like a classroom or something or a medical room. He said, I'm going to get them to have him out, handcuffed and shackled, and when you go to book her in, bring her in there and, and, and see if you can do it, uh, see what you can do. And so we did that. We did her booking sheet and everything. She's calmed down a lot. She's almost to the point of joking. We drive to the jail with her, and before you leave the courthouse, and even though it was only a couple miles, you you call you know LP two hundred one two five nine transport one white female ten fifteen from the Texas office to Paris Jail, beginning mileage is such and such, and y'all you do that for. for just to take care of yourself, to cover your own ass, because they can tell you exactly how long it takes to get to jail. This chick can't come back and say, we tried to rape her on the way or stopped and beat her or anything like that. Anyway, we go get to the jail, drive through Sally Port. Sally Port is, it's like a man trap, y'all. When you pull in, gate shuts behind you, and then there's a door, you get her out, the, the door pops open, you step into this inner chamber, the door shuts behind you. Of course, we secured our weapons in the vehicle. Uh, but if you didn't, they had a, a weapon drawer on the wall that you could lock your weapon up in the sally port. And then and Pat Frister again. And then buzz open the interior door. And you're looking at the control room of the prison. And the matron came out. And I think it was Karen, Karen Tolano, uh, our dream team moderator, was there that day. As a matter of fact, I know it was. And she came out. And uh, she pat frisked her, made sure she didn't have anything on her. And she said, um, the sheriff called, and we have him in, in that room. I said, cool. And she, she looked at me and said, who? I said, come on, and I'm going to show you. And so Calvin and I bring her down there and open the door, and here he sits behind this desk, and he's cuffed to the table, and he's shackled, and he's in this orange jumpsuit. And he's a big fat slob with, with glasses on, his little pencil thin mustache, and he's sitting behind the thing. And when we brought her through the door, you could have heard a pin drop up in that bitch. When he looks at her and she looks at him, and we didn't say anything. We just wanted to see what the fireworks, what the chemical reaction, if you will, was going to be. And then she starts going off. You motherfucker, why'd you have to shoot her in the head? Why'd you have to shoot her in the head? Now, look, we don't have to advise them. It was right. So, but, I mean, as far as we're concerned, these are two inmates, right? That's them talking. And everything in the jail is monitored. And 
She's like, why'd you have to shoot him in the head? And you didn't have to do that. And da 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 da. And she said, you know, you just didn't have to do that. And and this going on. He said, I ain't saying a fucking thing. Well, guess what the problem is now, y'all? It's been five months gone by, and I'm gonna get into it in next week's episode of what the court battle is that's been going on and what's going down. And so she was going off uh, to the extreme. But I think that she was doing it more like in a threatening way. This is my personal observation. I don't have any proof to back it up. I think she was doing it more in like a personal way. That like, like she literally wore the pants when they were together. And she was threatening him, I guess. But, and he said, I ain't saying a fucking thing. And the, the and you know, just... He said that once or twice. So we, we grabbed her and, and gave her to the matron. And we'd already done the booking sheet. And she was booked in for murder of her grandmother. And that's it for this week. Next week, I am going to conclude, conclude, finally, this series, Monsters. And y'all, I have to do it the last part because I've got to tell you everything that happened. Everything that happened in the criminal case is their their cases. And I want to tell you and explain it to you in detail. And then I'm gonna tell you why and why I'm doing this series. You think you know what happened? You don't know shit. And because I just found this out the week before I started doing the series, I wasn't even going to do this case. And I'm still not going to say the names because the family just doesn't deserve to have to live through it again. But, you know, as bad as I feel for them, this is uh, all this shit's a matter of public record. And somebody would, would probably got a hold of it and told the story one day anyway, but they wouldn't have the personal knowledge that I have. But when I found out what happened, remember, remember, we were arresting her in May. I left November 1st for to be a criminal investigator with Louisiana State Police. I had kind of kept, I don't want to give it away. I'll tell y'all next week. I, mean, I just found out in 2020, about two months ago, what the conclusion was. And it infuriated me. So next week, conclusions of Monsters with Monsters Part 8. And some announcements real quick. As always, justice for Courtney Coco. Hang in there. I think this is going to be a really telling time uh, with, with what does or doesn't happen in, in the near future. Miss Barbara Blunt, please continue to call the cases. Remember, when Courtney Coco's, when, when the murders are arrested in Courtney Coco's case, we are going to start the cold case, Toby Tomplay and I are going to start releasing the series. Don't call it a cold case. Now for everybody who's sending me cold cases every day, please, you can email me, email me at woody at real life, real crime.com. And I, I'm going to catalog them. Y'all, I can promise you this. Don't have the time or the financial resources to, to, to work them, but not yet. Maybe one day, but I'm going, I'm, I'm at least look at every one of them and then, you know, kick it with Toby on for the new podcast. And, and we're going to work some of them, certainly. But these things take time and money. So 
Anyway, continue to call and you tips from Miss Barbara Blunt. And just want to thank everybody for your support, um, for liking us and sharing us. And congratulations to our Instagram winner. Our winner on the Instagram giveaway was, it's at Sandy, S-A-N-D-I, McClendon, M-C-C-L-E-N-D-O-N. And she won all that $200 worth of stuff, the earbuds and all the RRC swag. So congratulations, Sandy. Thank you to everybody who participated. We'll be doing some more giveaways in the future. That was pretty awesome. So thank you for that. And so go like us or or follow me on uh, Instagram at Real Life Real Crime or at Overton Woody Crew page i love all y'all we're twenty-eight thousand six hundred something members now growing all the time thanks to everybody who continues to invite other people please leave me a review on itunes and or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show y'all people post like on saturdays and when's it coming out because we normally do the the link on our facebook page and stuff and we quit doing our we're we're, didn't have an internet service to do it until he had dropped the episode or something so if you subscribe wherever you listen you automatically get an update it doesn't cost anything you get an update as soon as we post something uh, an episode or whatever it's going to be so y'all subscribe so you can be up to date on everything and I'm sure I'm forgetting something. But anyway, thank you all, patron members. Thank you so much uh, for your support. And all lifers, you can't be a patron. I get it. I love you just as much. Thank you for everything. And we love you all. You're the best fans in the world. Live shows coming as soon as Governor John Bell Edwards lifts restrictions. We already have the Renaissance Hotel and convention center whatever you want to call it in baton rouge mark for it believe it it's coming bigger venue professionally managed and i'll name i'm gonna do a special drop with the name of the band that's gonna be playing after i do an adult version of real life real crime the podcast and lopa who's in organ procurement agency be a hero give the gift of life go to lopa.org sign up and that's it And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Peace. Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Template.